step right up and gather around. Tall folks, kindly at the back, please. I am Professor Gruntsplatter, and I'm the curator of this here spookatorium. Through these doors are wonders and horrors, maybe even a laugh or two. From the dark corners on every street today, all back through recorded time. We'll hear music and tales of the unknown, mysterious, and perhaps even diabolical. That's right, folks. There are strange things beyond this threshold. But if you weren't curious, you wouldn't be here. So, will you take a chance and come on in? Or will you saddle up to the concession stand and always wonder what you may have missed? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Professor Grunsplatter's Spookatorium. There will be no refunds once you enter. Thank you for your attention, and the brave ones, come with me.
Greetings once again. Welcome to episode 18 of Professor Grunsplatter's Spookatorium. Uh, I am Professor Grunsplatter. Opening up the show was a track called Addicted Seas with Missing Pleasure from Disharmonic Orchestra. Following that was Staring Contest from Dazzling Killmen. 
And the last track you heard was Turning the Tongue from Missing Foundation. I didn't get a lot of stories up on the site uh, in between episodes, but the one that I did get up there is, is pretty remarkable. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at it, it is a uh, Indonesian man who contracted uh, a disease called human paloma virus. Um, and under normal circumstances, that disease would generate small warts on the skin that are basically like planter warts. Uh, however, in this man's case, his immune system isn't able to contain the warts, and they've grown into root-like branches that have covered his, consumed his hands and feet and pocked the rest of his body. Um, it has cost him his family and his ability to work. And the, there, there's a link to some videos on the site of this, and it, it literally looks like he's turning into a tree. Um, the texture and the tone of the, of the growths look almost like driftwood, and you completely, you cannot see his hands at all. They've grown into these giant mitts of, of gnarled branch-like fibers. So that's uh, something to take a look at. Uh, their doctors from America now are taking a look at him, and they're hoping that uh, a treatment with a synthetic vitamin A compound will be able to get the disease under control. But it's, it's, I've never seen anything like it. It's pretty interesting. So have a look at that if you have a chance. That's at spookatorium.org. We find ourselves in the Spookatorium Portraiture Gallery, home to all manner of askew personality and the eccentric characters of history. Listen close as we delve into their stories. In April 1726, Mary Toft, a housewife in Surrey, England, reported that while working in the field on St. George's Day, a very large rabbit appeared and sexually assaulted her. She wasn't known for telling tall tales and thus was accepted at her word. The villagers determined, um, through much deliberation, that it must have been a demon set loose on earth for a few hours on St. George's Day. The story died there, but five months later, Mary became ill and the doctor that examined her decided he felt something alive inside her and saw her regularly over the next months. He ultimately reported that she gave birth to five rabbits. A short time later, seven more rabbits were born. The story was widely reported and two London doctors arrived to debunk the whole affair. To their shock, they saw two more rabbits born. A third prominent doctor arrived to investigate and saw an additional birth for a total of 15 rabbits that Mary Toft was supposedly giving birth to. The King of England got involved and assigned Sir Richard Manningham to get to the bottom of the matter. Manningham brought her to London and put her under round-the-clock observation. There was no further rabbits born at that point, and it was determined that she was a fraud. It turns out the rabbits had apparently been brought to her by her husband and hidden within herself so that it appeared that she was giving birth to them. Um, the thing that I thought was the most interesting about all of this, aside from the fact that she was able to conceal rabbits within herself, uh, is that it was this story that 
became the inspiration for what magicians and conjurers would ultimately dub the rabbit from the hat trick. So that's the story of Mary Toft. She died in 19, or, uh, 
That was Clan of Zymox with Consolation. Before that was a track called The World I Used to Be Afraid Of from Blanche. Uh, that's up their most recent record, Little Amber Bottles. And before that, Make the Little Flowers Grow from Snog. Mind your fingers and toes as we step to the carousel of cryptids and creeping things that lurk in the shadows of history and along the back roads that stitch your neighborhoods together. This was reported on November 13th out of uh, Philadelphia by NBC10 television station. Um, The small town of Glen St. Mary, Florida has had several reports of a mystery ape uh, in recent weeks. Uh, The sightings and screeches in the night have had the small town chattering about what may be running in the shadows among them. There are those that believe the creature is an orangutan as the uh, initial witness reported seeing an orange ape. Uh, The State Fish and Wildlife Commission has been dispatched to investigate and they did confirm that they did see something in a treetop, but were unable to make a positive identification of it. Uh, they went on to break out some of their most comprehensive investigative tools and reportedly sought to lure the creature to the ground with a box of jelly donuts left at the bottom of the tree. The next morning, the creature was gone. Uh, there was no word reported on whether or not the donuts survived the night. Um, based on that sort of forward thinking, I think we can all say that jelly donuts uh, make monsters disappear. Uh, Crypto Mundo picked up the story and draw comparisons uh, to the Miaka or the skunk ape, which has a history of sightings in Florida. Skunk apes are allegedly quite similar to descriptions of Bigfoot or Sasquatch and are believed to live in the marshes of the Everglades, uh, covered with hair six to seven feet tall, 450 pounds, and stinking like rotten eggs. Um, Although you might perhaps smell like rotten eggs too if you were built like that and lived in the miserable humidity and heat of the South. Uh, It seems like a poor evolutionary decision for the skunk ape. Uh, As of right now, there's no confirmation whether the the beast in Glen St. Mary is in fact uh, some sort of known ape or if it's something else altogether. Uh, Another mystery beast uh, plaguing the south uh, surfaced in Bolivia, South Carolina. This was reported on December 12th by the Associated Press. Uh, An unknown creature killed a pit bull and two puppies. Uh, A similar death of three dogs occurred back in September, and no one has yet reported actually seeing the beast, which they've now dubbed the Beast of Bolivia. Animal control investigators have studied the animal's three-inch paw tracks and droppings, but remain unable to determine what has been killing the area dogs. Some believe the creature may be a bear or a cougar or a wolf, but all of those would seem to be relatively simple identifications for an animal control agent. Um, So, no word on that. Finally, uh, LiveScience.com wrote an article about uh, new possibilities for searching for for crypto creatures. Uh, The recent search for billionaire adventurer Steve Fawcett, whose plane crashed in Nevada, um, got uh, some crypto researchers thinking. In the search for the plane crash, they used high-resolution satellite imagery, and um, 
ultimately we're giving private residents each still high resolution photos taken from satellites of the area and asking them to mark anything on the image that looked like it was out of place. And while they didn't find Fawcett's plane, they did find several previously undiscovered other plane crashes, uh, some of them going back 50 years that nobody had seen until they looked at these photos. So the idea has been tossed around that the same process could be used to spot elusive creatures in the wild. Uh, for the species, be it Sasquatch or Lake Monster or Giant Cat, um, to have existed as long as the legends suggest, there would have to be a breeding population. And the technology is powerful enough that a breeding population would have a difficult time disguising itself from the hydra satellites gawking down at us all. So they're thinking that uh, if they can get some of these photos and spread them around and have people really dissect them, they may be able to locate these pockets of, of breeding populations of, of these various creatures. Um, so there's some crypto news for you for now. And uh, how about some more music?
right, that last set started off with uh, When I Get Old from The Descendants, uh, Navicon Torture Technologies with Pariah after that, uh, Void with Soitrum, uh, followed that one, and then the last track there was Floisterwood with Ardemanen. Do you hear the cackling from the basement? Let us see what's afoot in the laboratory. The dictionary uh, explains palingenesy as the continued existence of something in a different form. A, a rebirth or a regeneration. Um, palingenesy, as we're going to talk about it, is a concept that was ultimately derived from Greek philosopher Lucretius, who lived from 98 to 55 BC. His belief was that ghosts were actually similar to the dead skin of a snake. It was simply a shedding of dead cells that retained some suggestion of the, of the previous owner. In the 17th century, this general premise was picked up by some of the scientists, philosophers, and alchemists of the day as they were looking to find a chemical rather than a mystical explanation of ghosts and apparitions. The alchemists held a meeting at the Royal Society of England to demonstrate their theories. The experiment began with the, as the men bruised and then burnt a rose, and then from the ashes of the rose, they used calcination to extract the salts. The salts were mixed with an unknown substance that created a crumbly blue powder and then they subjected that blue powder to heat. The particles began to move and shift and in the midst of the powder an image of the plant that they had just destroyed formed for everyone observing to see. They removed the heat from the powder and the apparition of the plant disappeared and when they reapplied the heat the apparition returned. The theory the alchemists drew from this was that the substantial form of a living thing resides in its salt. They concluded that the human form resided in the salts of the human body and that the heat generated from fermentation of the body or decay of the body caused the salts to take the shape of the human form. And this was their explanation for ghosts and apparitions. Uh, the poet Samuel Butler uh, even commemorated this, this display in a poem that he wrote called A Satire Upon the Royal Society with these two lines. If chemists from a rose's ashes can raise the rose itself in glasses. And that was a reference to what they had done in their experiment. Um, so I thought that was interesting that it made it into the, uh, the art of the time as well. Uh, there's another example of this type of experiment performed by Robert Flood that was detailed in the 1677 book The Display of Supposed Witchcraft, but that account is said to be somewhat dubious. Um, the idea faded from view once again until it was revived in the 1920s by a gentleman named Morley Martin, who was a British biochemist. His belief was that the forms of plants and animals could continue to exist in, a miniature, in miniature in ancient Azoic rocks. Now, Azoic rocks are believed to be from a time before life was present on Earth. Martin took fragments of these Azoic stones 
and heated them to between two and 3,000 degrees. He was able to then isolate what he called the primordial protoplasm from the ashes of the stone, which he then transformed into crystalloids using a Canadian balsam. In the course of time, crystalloids condensed and produced numerous creature-like organisms, some even with life and movement. Uh, there was a book published in 1948 called The Morley Martin Experiments that outlines the whole process further. Uh, hopefully I can track that down somewhere because the info that I did find on, on his work was a bit vague and I don't honestly see the connection between something existing in miniature that had existed previously and this what sounds like forming of new creatures in the ashes of something lifeless. That sounds like two different things to me. So if I'm able to find out anything else, I will mention it uh, to be sure. But that is a little bit on palingenesis.
You look up high and you see the sky so big and blue And you wonder why people don't worship you today You look down on the ground and you see the flowers there red and blue and brown And you wonder why people don't worship you today There was a beautiful land, there was a beautiful land, there was a beautiful land called Paul. And in this land there was a king, and everybody called him the fucking. And the fucking did what he wanted to do. I said the fucking, he went where he wanted to go. Oh, oh, mighty, mighty fucking. the people and hear the pit pat of their IBM feet and you wonder why people don't worship beauty see the animals and plants see the men and women do their sacred dance all in a key ring around beauty And everybody called him the fucking And the fucking thought what he wanted to think I said the fucking, he said what he wanted to say Oh, oh, mighty, mighty fucking All hail the fucking The mighty fucking was from 1968 brute force with the king of fur before that was happy when it rains from the jesus and mary chain and opening that up was ied off of the new today is the day album called axis of eden um that's about gonna do it for this one uh once again if you heard your song on the show and you don't want your song on the show get in touch and i will take care of it um check out the website at spookatorium.org and to drop me a message uh, you can send it to professor at spookatorium.org playing in the background today was Naj uh, the second track off their pure CD and Corparasita with Aquaforte Uh, that's going to do it the last track for the show is going to be the Beast of 6,000 Bones from Charnel Valley. The after the midst of time. 